my dad spent a lot of time at my great-grandmother's house against everybody else's advice because she was still practicing ancestral um, traditional uh, rituals, right? And she still, whatever was handed down to her, she was still trying to keep it alive. Welcome, welcome to the African Goddess Initiation Summer Fest 2021. I'm your host, Aviola Abrams, and I am so excited and so proud to have today's guest with me. First, let me tell you about the, the celestial goddess that we're honoring today before we talk to the goddess who is in the room. So we're celebrating, of course, the launch of my new book, African Goddess Initiation, Sacred Rituals for Self-Love, Prosperity, and Joy, and we are celebrating you. And the goddess that we are honoring today is Goddess Mawu, who is the moon goddess, and she is pictured here as Maulisa, Mawu, the moon, and Lisa, the sun. So today's goddess, her name is Anna J. Fitz, and she is a fitness guru. And I'm going to read about her from this book because she is in this book. Hello, Goddess Anna. <laughs> yes. Hello, 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 Goddess Abiola. Thank you so much. I'm so honored to be here and I'm so excited. I'm so glad that you're here. Okay, so I'm going to read about you now. So let's see what it says about her here in the book. Okay, so our Goddess Temple Circle sister, Anna J. Fit, is a weight loss coach personal trainer, and nutrition specialist. In her spiritual business, she helps women who are dealing not only with mental health challenges, but also with body image issues. Her personal practice is ancestral, influenced by Mississippi voodoo. Anna is also a single mother to a four-year-old and an 11-year-old. They're, I think they're a year older now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and yep. we go on. So they're a year older now, right? Than when I yes, that's right. <laughs> So tell us about your your business. I talked about it a little bit there, but let's talk about your business and then let's talk about some Mississippi voodoo. Yes, yes. So um, I work primarily with women. I'm a personal trainer. Uh, that's been my background for many, many years. And my specialty is really helping, empowering women through uh, health and health and fitness, but specifically focusing on helping women lose weight. Um, and so this is this is something that's just been I've been really passionate about because of my own story uh, and my own struggle with you know carrying excess weight and some underlying health conditions and and poor body image. So that's really where my passion comes from. And so helping women to build sustainable lifestyle changes, keyword sustainable, sustainable, because I really want to teach women how to do this in a healthy, well-rounded manner. So it's something that's going to stick for them for the rest of their lives. So not a 21 day, 30 fix, 60 day fix, but really just how to empower you as a woman by changing the, changing your lifestyle. 
This is such important work and I'm so happy that you do it. I think that it's really important. I love the way that you have a holistic approach looking at, you know, right. our whole selves and our whole lives because it's not just, you know, like, okay, do this, like you said, a 30-day program, a 20-day program. I mean, we've all done that. Like you could lose weight, you know, if needed for an event or something like that. But then what happens next in terms of you having a healthy body for the rest of your life. So how do you maintain, like with your with your children, how do you, what do you teach them about being healthy physically? Mm -hmm. uh, that's a great question. So what I never was really conscious about teaching them or passing on the knowledge specifically the way that I do with my clients and that's most likely because it's the work aspect of it, but also because we're grown, we're adults. So we're speaking in you know, the same verbiage and things like that. But what I've learned over time is how much children, uh, they're sponges, they absorb everything. So my, my daughter will make comments about, you really shouldn't be drinking that. That's not healthy. Uh, or you talking to coaching people already. <laughs> exactly. Oh, when I'm when I'm working out, I'm always my children are always pretty much in the vicinity or they're close by. So they've learned, you know, what mom does, she works out. That's normal. That's just part of mom's life. And so all of that has rubbed off on them over time. My son will always jump in and work out with me or do push-ups and then brag and then show his muscles and things like that. So I haven't actively through words really set them down and taught them, hey, you should be eating greens and this is why you should be eating them versus the, you know, the Skittles that you love. But what I've learned over time is how much they have been paying attention uh, to, to what I'm doing. And it's a it's been a great lesson for me because how do we teach people really? It's by example, right? So it doesn't matter what age, it doesn't matter what age at all, but the way that you carry yourself and what you apply to your everyday life, people are watching and they're absorbing that. And so that's kind of what my kids have taught me and seeing how they're applying what I do. I love that. And you're absolutely right that, you know, what we teach and how we hand it down through lineage is probably a very small percentage of it is through actual words. A great part is action. A great part is what we see and we observe and we hear. And your story in the book, I know you haven't seen it yet, but your story is actually in Marie Laveau's chapter. It's in Marie Laveau's chapter, which is all about, you know, abundance, spiritual abundance, financial abundance, all about abundance, period. And one of the things I like about your story that is shared in the book is you talk about your great-grandmother, who you never met, again, thinking about lineage and how things lineage. are handed down, and what you learned about her through your father being the only one who ate her fried chicken and prospered. So tell her story. You tell her story. <laughs> Is there yes. Yes. So basically, uh, growing up, my father, they were 16. It was 16 of them. So uh, brothers and 15 brothers and sisters and my dad. And they grew up on, a, they grew up picking cotton in the Delta of Mississippi. So my whole lineage is, you know, sla slaves. That's what we come from. And so my dad still grew up as the last generation in my family or the last generation basically period in the South, still picking cotton as sharecroppers. Um, so kind of to give a context of like the, the, um, the time period. And so 
out of all the all the children, none of the children would ever go to um, my great grandmother's house, especially not on Sundays, because by that time, now everything that took over culturally was church. Right. And so um, the good Southern Baptist way for African-Americans to practice, you know, their religion and be in church and practically all day on Sundays. That's at least that's how my dad would um, tell me. But my dad was the only child who always pushed and pushed and pushed to still go. And I know he would always tell me, um, I don't I don't believe I don't I didn't believe in any of that stuff or the witchcraft or anything that that the other ones were worried about. Or when my grandmother would even tell him, you know, don't go or my aunt don't go because, you know, she does that voodoo and she practices stuff and there's going to be some stuff in that chicken. And my dad would crack jokes about that all the time. Well, if she did something to that chicken, it sure worked out for me because <laughs> he always talks about how delicious her fried chicken was. So my dad spent a lot of time at my great-grandmother's house against everybody else's advice because she was still practicing ancestral um, traditional uh, rituals, right? And she still, whatever was handed down to her, she was still trying to keep it alive. But the most of my family at that point was heavily in the church and it's still the case. Yeah, I, I, I love the story because your father, um, you pointed out also that your father ended up being, you know, the, out of all of those 16 grandchildren, he ended up being the most worldly, the most prosperous. He was yes. able to travel. He was able to get an education, all of this stuff. And it's really interesting that he's the one that spent the most time with the grandmother that nobody was supposed to be around because she was a voodoo queen and that was forbidden. Right. Absolutely. Really, really interesting. And you also shared that she would do a ritual, you know, before she went out into the fields. And so how powerful for your father to see that and be able to share that with you. And the way that you put it is that you come from a long line of Mississippi voodoo queens. And one yes. of the things that struck me as you said that people people know about Louisiana, but people don't talk about Mississippi. Can you expand on that a little bit? Yes, yes, so true. So I, I don't know if it's a historical thing or just, um, you know how it is, sometimes certain certain geographical areas will get more exposure or people will focus on them more. And it's possible because in terms of history and tourism, people are not gonna be drawn to the Mississippi Delta, which is understandable because there's really not that much there to, to see, to visit, or in terms of entertainment. Um, so I think that plays a part and why there's never been as much attention on what exactly happened with the Mississippi Delta. But as far as the slave trade goes, most of the slaves were predominantly in the Mississippi Delta and not in Louisiana. And that's kind of the, was really the center. So when you think about it, you go back to our history, it also would make sense that all the ancestral and the traditional faiths and practices were most predominant in the Mississippi Delta and then probably started you know, spreading out as slaves were moving further uh, north Mississippi, south Mississippi, and then ended up in Louisiana. Um, but so I feel like even I growing up really didn't have that understanding either, but I had to do a lot of research because there's not a lot of documentation and my family didn't keep a record of anything either. So it's been a lot of research over time and just asking a lot of questions. My dad and other family members that were willing to open up and share what they could share. But that's 
primarily why is that not enough light has been shed on what all the Mississippi Delta brought or contributed to African-American history and the, the ancestral rituals that are still very much alive there, if that makes sense. That makes so much sense. And I was so grateful for your contribution to this book to because I wanted to, um, to include all of us throughout the diaspora. So of course there was a lot of Gullah Geechee representation. Of course there was a lot of, you know, New Orleans representation when it came to the United States, but not Mississippi. And so you brought that, so you made her proud. So she, I know that she is, you know, smiling at you and that she is still very much present in your heart and in your life. And even though you've never met her, Physically, I'm sure that you feel like you have a relationship with her. Yes, definitely. I feel like there's a very strong connection. Um, and to all of the women, when I go up further up on my lineage, I feel like the generations were very much tied into one another. And ultimately, who I am today, the woman I am today, a lot of that comes from the powerful women uh, throughout throughout my history or my family's lineage and my family's history, you know, we all just bring so much into this into this world, and then we pass that on to the next. I believe that a, a lot has been passed on to me, even if it's through my dad or anything like that, for sure. You know what we need from you, Miss Anna J. Fit. We need a voodoo fitness program. <laughs> we need a voodoo fitness and wellness. Program. I love that. Yes, there we go. Mm -hmm. There we go. See, we're supposed to do some interview. Do some interview I but, love that. You know, yes, yeah, spirit comes through and tells you what we need. That's what we need. I that's love it. Yes, that's my wheels need. just my wheels just instantly started spinning. I was like, I yes, and we're gonna talk about how you speak life into your wellness journey, how you speak life into your body, right? <laughs> Yep. <laughs> All of that. Feeling it, just the download came on through and that's that's what it needs to be. Now, I know that you, there was a ritual, a, a small ritual um, that you shared that is in the book, but are there any like small rituals or that you can share that you, that are part of your daily life? Yes, definitely. So, and my, my my personal ritual, but I always encourage women just in general, because of the chaotic and busy lives that we tend to live, and because of how much stress tends to bog us down and just cause so many other issues down the line, I always teach my clients to, whatever their faith, whatever aligns with them, of course, uh, to start off their day in, 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 with some kind of serenity, peace, some kind of ritual that can be their own. It can look any way that they feel comfortable with. A lot of my clients are religious, so whatever works. But for me, I always start my day with meditation in my closet. So <laughs> I have a big walk-in closet. And because I have young children, I just had to find this space in my home that I know is going to be untouched. No one's going to want to be in my closet. <laughs> so... Um, just to kind of get away from the kids and start off my day fresh, I'll go in the closet and I'll keep it nice and dark, close the door. And typically I'll have some large candles burning and then I burn sage. So I'll burn sage for possibly, possibly a minute or two. I really love, I love the scent. It just, I don't know, it just does something for me. And I'll close my eyes and really focus on deep belly breaths. So that's really the most important piece because 
that's where you find peace, right? When you're connected with yourself and the main way to connect back with yourself is through your breath. That's just, that's your life right there. So I really focus on my breath. Um, but in that atmosphere, typically I will always set an intention for my day. And for me, the biggest thing that I always want to focus on is making sure that everything I say and everything I do is coming from a place of love. That's a big one for me. So I will express that. And I never leave, I never leave this ritual without asking the universe if there's anything that I need to know if there's anything, any terms of guidance, if there's anyone that I need to touch, anyone that I need to call, anyone that I need to be there for, whatever messages may come through. And I just choose silence for the most part. So in my opinion, the more silence and the more space for serenity and calm I'm creating first thing in the morning, the more I'm going to be able to download any information from, you know, spirit, from the universe throughout my day that's going to guide me and it's going to help me in how I'm interacting with women. Oh, that's so beautiful. That Thank you. So beautiful. And you know what's magical? I mean, we're always so in alignment. There's a, in the book I share that, you know, because um, my father is a minister and one of his a sermon that he did when I was a kid that I still remember is he gave a sermon about praying in the closet and that's in the book. And I talk in the book about how he said, you go and you pray in the closet, meaning that everybody doesn't need to know or see what you're doing and that it's personal and all of that, yes. your relationship with spirit. And that's in the book. And so I love that yes. you shared that. Now, you also said that goddess Mawu is the goddess that you relate to and, and feel the most, and she is a goddess of the day. What, why is it that you chose goddess Mawu? Mm -hmm. I think it's because of her creative, her creative gifts, and that's the biggest thing about her that I've connected with, what I can relate with. I've I've realized that I'm such a creator and that's what I meant also with that download of information from spirit and from the universe is that's how I create. I feel like it just flows through me and all these ideas come and all these projects and then I'm coming up with the next thing. And what about this color? And what if I say it like this? And so for me, it's just every day, constant creation. That's what's going on within me. And then the creation, because I now allow it and I've embraced it, which has been years of work too, is it leads to so much on the outside, right? It leads to impact. It leads to uh, content that touches women who need me and things like that. And I feel like that's what Goddess Mawu is all about, is creating it to make sure that there is an impact, right? A positive impact, an impact that's gonna lead you to grow. And so, and maybe in a sense, that's something that I really look up to so much, like women who create with the intention of, uh, you know, triggering growth in other women. Yes. Yes. It makes, that makes perfect sense. I feel so in alignment with Goddess Mawu uh, for those reasons as well, for um, the, the divine feminine energy that she yes. has. Yeah. That, that creative, that summoning, that yes, surrendered energy, but still allows you to take inspired action towards your dreams. So Yes. I fully get that. I fully I get love that. that. So and that's I, what, oh, sorry. 
that's what I was going to say as I was expressing that I thought yeah and that's also what drew me to you initially it's you you have that spirit too your your creativity right that you have embraced and you you use it to create things that ultimately trigger growth in us for those of us that follow you that consider you as one of our leaders and are inspired by your work that yeah you triggered so much growth in me a, a couple years ago when we first initially started working together and it was that it's bringing out allowing myself to bring out my feminine side my creative side all of that so yeah Oh, <laughs> thank you. Thank You're you. Welcome. I want to say that I'm, I'm so proud of you. Thank I am you. so very proud of you from, you know, just a couple of short years ago, like you have had exponential growth and you are such a bright light on this planet, like not only as a mother and carrying on your lineage, but also as a wellness and fitness guru. And you're just getting started. Like, (laughs) yeah, you're just getting started. Everything that I see from like any other fitness guru that's out there, it can do that. It needs to be doing that. Oh, okay. Oh, they have that. Oh, they on, you know, my mom, she's watching Home Shop. Oh, they on Home Shop. Oh, okay. Anna can do that. They need a little energy fit. Yes. I love it. <laughs> so it's going to be exciting making, seeing you make it all happen. And I look forward also to some voodoo fitness. Yes. Yes. I'm, I'm going to start working on that. Okay. You, you planted right. the seed. You planted the seed. Good. <laughs> Good. That is my job. That is my job. Let people know where they can find you and connect with you and go deeper with you. Yes, absolutely. So Anna J Fit and that's A N N A J A E F I T. So Anna J Fit. And you can find me on Facebook under Anna J Fit, or you can find me on Instagram, Anna underscore J Fit, or my website, AnnaJFit.net. So either way, you can reach out to me on those three platforms. On my website, you can just fill out the form so we can book a call and we can talk about your goals. Or you can just send me a message on Facebook or Instagram. Either way. And are you training people virtually and working with people on their nutrition and their fitness virtually? So wherever they are in the country, they don't have to be Yes. Uh, Interestingly, I have clients even overseas. So my, my business has expanded tremendously. I Yes, in a sense, thanks to COVID. Um, so yeah, it's, it's been really exciting, but I do have clients all over the US and, and in Europe as well. So I do everything, all of my work is remote. We meet through Zoom sessions. Uh, we do our check-ins, our accountability meetings, anything like that. And I really design the entire weight loss programs fully for my clients. So it's based on the woman that I'm working with. So a hundred and a hundred percent holistic. Oh, that's beautiful. Yes. Thank well, you. Anna J Fit, definitely check her out, AnnaJFit.net and all of the other links that she mentioned. She is a rock star and she will help you get your whole get 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 it all together. Yes. <laughs> I need to I'm I'm thinking I need to probably like when my schedule allows make some Anna J Fit time and, and do book yes. work with you as well. So yes. We'll figure, we will figure that out. And thank you for watching. I will see you in the next African Goddess Initiation. 
Festival interview and conversation, make sure that you log in and take advantage of the free self-love kit that I have that goes along with this fest. Salbona, and that means we see you. See you in the next conversation. Bye. Bye-bye.